welcome to the next edition of an interview with podcast series from the social investment business. I'm Nick and I'm here with Charlie and today we're talking to Sophie Franchot, Managing Director of Divine Chocolate. Hello Sophie. Hello. Um, can you tell us a bit more about what Divine Chocolate aims to achieve? So Divine Chocolate, on top of being fantastic chocolate, what's special about it is that the cocoa farmers in Ghana own 45% of the car company. They're organised in a cooperative and they have 45,000 members in 1,300 villages. So what we're trying to achieve is we're trying to um, improve the livelihoods of those cocoa farmers by establishing a dynamic brand in the UK market and then getting the farmers higher up the value chain. And what that means is that cocoa farmers have historically sold raw commodity. They've sold cocoa and that trades at a different price each day. Whereas chocolate companies earn lots of money and profit, and we would like the cocoa farmers to get a share of that profit. And how, you're talking about the, the farmers there, how has being part owners and being so involved changed their lives? Because there are so many farmers in Ghana, it obviously has had a different impact on different farmers in different ways. And so there, it, it has increased the income to the farmers generally, and so farmers have had a bit more money in their pocket. They've also had the opportunity to decide how they invest that money co collectively, and they've done things like sink water wells, which has been very important in terms of getting access to clean water, and build schools so their children can get educated and have mobile health clinics. So all of those things have been very important. But actually, because we're quite a little company and they're quite a lot of farmers, it's not been as impactful as we would like it to be and as we hope it will be in the future. But I think one of the things it's done to a number of farmers is it has really changed their lives because they have become uh, leaders in their community and ambassadors both for their company, Cropper Cocoa, the cooperative, and for Divine. And has their involvement at this level been core to Divine's success and growth? Yes, I think the farmers have been, the ownership of the farmers has been absolutely essential. If you think that what we did 12 years ago was we launched a chocolate company in the UK market. The UK market's worth £3.6 billion. It is an incredibly mature and concentrated market. It's a market where the products that you're seeing on the shelf, the bulk of them have been there since the mid-1930s. Um, the, 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 then there are three key players in the market who own 80% of that market. So Cadbury's, Kraft, um, Nestle and Mars own 80% of the £3.6 billion. So we're coming into an incredibly mature market. We've got very little money. Um, and in a way, what was going to make us stick out? And so the fact that the farmers own the company and that we have a real story to tell and that the farmers can come over and be their own best ambassadors has absolutely made it possible. And I think the other thing that's, that's made Divine work is that the farmers have delivered fantastic cocoa, which makes the chocolate taste great. So I think those, those two things have made Divine the success it is today. And I don't think it would have been possible to establish a chocolate company in such a competitive and mature market without that asset. Fans of chocolate can be very passionate about them. And overall, it's a product area where multinationals dominate marketing with huge budgets. And how would you say a smaller player could get their share of attention and can social media play a role in that? 
Um, so I've already talked about farmers and how they are fantastic ambassadors for the brand. And I think that works through social media. And certainly we've done some lovely things where we've had farmers online. We do, uh, we do video conferencing from schools in Ghana to schools in Britain so that the children can talk to each other and ask each other about their hopes and aspirations and their experiences. But I also think that as a small company, it was really important for us to do partnerships. And so I do think partnerships are, are one of the reasons we're here today. And certainly when we started, you know, the fact that Christian Aid backed us and they put money into the company, but they also um, told all of their, subscri their, their, their members, their subscribers, about Divine and said to them to go into the shops and ask for it. But also Body Shop came in and invested in Divine right at the beginning. And one of the things they did was allow us to be stocked in their shops at particular periods. So through from Valentine's Day to Mother's Day, they'd stock Divine. And that meant that we could be available nationally. So we could then do a piece of national advertising and say to people, go and try it in Body Shop. So I think partnerships actually very important for small companies. And I think picking those carefully is uh, really essential. Um, Divine is a social business. Um, what advice would you give to social enterprises or community organisations who are looking to grow their businesses to a similar scale as Divine and achieve such success? Well, I think that the most important thing is that you need to get the product right. And certainly Divine wouldn't be here today if we didn't have fantastic chocolate. So whatever it is you do, you need to do it really, really well so that people want to buy those goods or those services again and again and that they'd recommend them to other people and that when they think about them they have fond associations. So I think it doesn't matter how good your story it is, is or how bigger benefit you're giving to people who need, who need to be supported, you actually have got to get the product right. And so I think that would be my, my top one. I think having partnerships is a way that we really do have of getting to scale. I think if we, we did the own brand chocolate bar for the co-op in 2002. They decided, uh, the cooperative group took the decision to convert all of their block chocolate to fair trade and they sourced it through Divine. And most people would say that at that point that was too big a contract for a company that, of the scale that, that Divine was at at that time. But if they hadn't done that contract with us, I don't know how we would have had the time to grow the brand. So it really was an opportunity for us to show that we could deliver such a scale contract, but also to give us that time to build the divine brand. And so I think picking your partners and finding really good partners is, is really core to our success. And certainly Co-op were, were a fantastic partner because they really shared our values. Uh, I think you also then need to get really good people to work for you. I think you need to get people who really are passionate about whatever it is that you're doing and who are fantastic ambassadors for, for, what, for what you do. You just spoke about how the cooperative moved uh, their chocolate to fair trade. What did you think of Cadbury's move to the use of fair trade chocolate for their dairy milk products? When Divine set out uh, in 1998, one of our missions was to change the way the chocolate industry worked forever. Uh, you know, and when we did that brainstorm, clearly converting Cadbury's was one of our targets. And I suppose I'd say, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so we're delighted that Cadbury's has converted to fair trade. We're delighted because of the impact that has on farmers. 
So then by them converting Cadbury's dairy milk to fair trade, it has delivered significant volumes to farmers, which then delivers significant increased income to farmers. And you know, we're really pleased about that because that's what we set out to do. And we do feel as if we had a role in it, and we, the role was twofold. We had the role in that we have really built awareness for fair trade in Britain in chocolate so that there is a market for fair trade chocolate. Uh, but by working with Cropper Coco, the farmers' cooperative that we work with over the last um, 12 years, means that the, there was also they had the capacity to sell cocoa to, to, to Cadbury's. Otherwise, where was the supply chain going to be? So I do feel as if we were quite instrumental in Cadbury's being able to make that move. I think my reaction now would be, actually, Cadbury's Dairy Milk is obviously you know, their most famous brand, but we'd like to see them convert the rest. You know, if it's been a success, which I think it has, can we see them deliver the rest of the 80% of their business to fair trade as well, uh, which, which would be really good. I think it will be really interesting to see what happens now that Kraft owns Cadbury's. So far, Kraft have said they have, will honour all of the um, deals that Cadbury's do have done, and so they said they will honour that move to fair trade. And I think it will be very interesting, and I hope that consumers in Britain will make Kraft stay with that promise, because I think that the benefits that the farmers are getting from that are, are, are really good. I, I do think that the way that Cadbury's does fair trade and the way that Divine does fair trade isn't the same. And so I do hope that in the long run it, 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 it will become more similar. And so one of the things that Divine thinks is core to fair trade is the idea that you have a long-term relationship. Now we've come to the quick-fire question <laughs> round. <laughs> We're going to ask you a series of questions and you just say the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. Coronation Street or EastEnders? Oh, I can't do either of those, sorry. I really, really don't, 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 don't do that. I do CSI. Um, I do The Good Wife. I'm really looking forward to brothers and sisters coming back. <laughs> you can see my television style. It just, it just isn't those two. The American dramas. <laughs> That's it. Um, early bird or night owl? Probably early bird. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark chocolate. Charity or business? Business. Summer or winter? Summer. Chocolate souffle or cheese souffle? Chocolate souffle. <laughs> and jogging or yoga? Oh, no, no, no. I don't do any of that. <laughs> I think chocolate keeps you fit. That concludes an interview with so uh, Sophie Tonto. Thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you. Um, don't forget to check our website, www.thesocialinvestmentbusiness.org forward slash an interview with and our Twitter feed, at The Social Invest, for the next instalment of this podcast series. And you can check out Divine Chocolate at, it's on Twitter, it's at Divine Chocolate, isn't it? And then the website is, is divinechocolate.com. Thank you.